And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. Headed by former U.S. Army officer Rob McQueen, the Clean Water Corps, Waves for Water's newest division, serves as a specialized clean water task force, sharply focused on combating the global water crisis. It is operated entirely by veterans. Many of them, though they have transitioned from active duty, are still keen to be out there in the world, applying their knowledge and expertise into something bigger than oneself. After 10 years as an officer in the U.S. Army Special Operations, your commitment to service continued. You took on a new mission, the global water crisis. As the head of the Veterans Division of Waves for Water, the Clean Water Corps, I'd love to hear the story of how this all began. Yeah, so, man, so when I first went to Afghanistan in 2012, um, I was attached to SEAL Team 2, had a big pre-mission and was getting ready to roll out. And during workup, a good friend of mine, Mike Brabner, uh, reached out and he had worked. John and Christian Troy had come and Waves for Water had worked with him while he was a company commander in Afghanistan. So he's like, hey, if you're going to Afghanistan, you have to talk to these guys. So I called John. We had a short conversation. He sent me a filter to... I then deployed to Afghanistan and just the area I was in and the mission set I was working was way too kinetic for me to be able to bring in a nonprofit. It just didn't make sense. Um, it, was, it was just, it was more of a, more of a gunfighting environment. I just didn't have the structure and the amount of people to really take care of them. And we were just small bases, moving village to village. It just wasn't going to work. So fast forward uh, and my next team I take, I end up going to run a small mission out of the U.S. Embassy in Sarajevo. And while I'm there, I just happened to be kind of the lead in the U.S. response to the flooding in 2014. So in 2014, the Balkans had the worst flooding in 100 years. And it was almost over a million people displaced overnight. It was crazy. And so I was like, hey, wait a minute. I remember a guy that did this because we'd found four or five, I think it was actually 15 communities that were completely cut off, like just mudslides and flooding and all of their water sources were kind of open water sources at the time. And so just the massive amount of rain that came through, it just washed a ton of contamination into those water sources. And so I was like, okay, so we've got these cutoff facilities. We can't get water out to them via truck. And I was like, I think I know a filter guy. And so I went back to Mike. I was like, hey, do you remember the guy you could put me in? He's like, yeah, John Rose, waves for water. I was like, can I get his number again? And, and I called John. Uh, he ended up coming over. Uh, we, we talked to him. He was like, yeah, I can be there in a week. I was like, that's amazing. So John came over. Uh, we borrowed a pilot and a Bosnian helicopter. It was like an old, like Vietnam era Huey helicopter. Swear to God, posted notes on the switches. The pilot pretended to not speak English for the first day of flying. And I mean, he was flying in some, like I've flown in a lot of different airframes all over the world. And I'm flying with this guy and I'm like, he doesn't speak English. I don't know where we're going. We're flying through like crazy mountain passes, landing on the side of hillsides. And John is looking at me like, this is awesome. I was like, we're all gonna die. And <laughs> The pilot turned out, I mean, he had something like th over 3,000 hours. The guy just was mm -hmm. an incredible pilot, completely spoke English, was just messing with me for almost a day and a half. He's like, no, I speak English, man. I was just messing with you. Um, <laughs> and so 
John and I flew around for a couple days, uh, did a few different communities. It was great. Um, kind of started a friendship, ended up bringing in Christian Troy and a second rotation. We ended up flying to a few more communities with uh, the European U-Force, the European Union's military forces. Um, and so it just became a good partnership. Fast forward again, and I'm in another job, and I'm just kind of looking for that next piece. As an officer, I was lucky enough to have most of my career be operational, but at some point you just end up moving to a desk and a computer and PowerPoint. And that was just never where I wanted to go. And so as I'm looking at what's next for me, um, I, I reconnected with John, we started chatting and he asked me, he was like, Hey, would you help me kind of build a veteran division? I was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. And then about a month and a half later, he goes, Hey, I know you're thinking about getting out. Would you leave and come build it? and run it for me. And I was like, absolutely. And so I got off the phone and I said, yes, but then I got off the phone. I looked at Tiff, my wife. I was like, so I think I'm getting out of the army. And she's like, what? And so I explained it. And we, obviously there's more of a decision-making process from there on. Uh, but yeah, so I started working with John and, and it just kind of went from there. And so we started with the initial iteration, a few people we've revamped our model for the best way of, of how do we take the amazing skill sets the vets and, and build another team and a purpose and just kind of go from there and that so that's the obscenely long story of, <laughs> of how we got to this point i think it's a great story uh thank you so much for sharing um so not only does the clean water core give communities clean water to drink but also gives as you said veterans another chance to serve Yep. So my question now is, Rob, does this help in the transitioning from active duty service? I know that some, um, it's difficult, right? Yeah, so it is, the, the military is a very unique place. And what you have is this, this group and family that, that is difficult to explain, right? You have a mixture of people from all walks of life that are all willing to put their life on their line for you. And it's all for the same goal and the same purpose. So no matter what job you're doing in the military, you're all working towards the same goal. And that creates this, this sense of purpose, this sense of identity that's really, really difficult to, to pass on. And, and so when you leave the military, like it is a transition. And, and my wife and I went through this too, because even for a spouse, like my wife went from being a military spouse for, you know, over 12 years. And then all of a sudden she's like, wait, what am I now? And so it, it, it's become a really amazing thing. And, and for me, I think the easiest way to put it is this, is when I was getting out, I was like, hey, this is gonna be an easy transition for me. I'm gonna jump right into this new job. It's gonna be amazing. Um, it's going to go easy. And then I get to build something that helps other veterans. I was like, I was like, this is great. And then about halfway into it, I realized like, you know, maybe I'm struggling a little bit. Like this isn't what I thought. And I still remember this day following hurricane Maria, um, probably about six or seven months into our hurricane Maria response. I remember sitting at wilderness in Puerto Rico and being like, I'm a little broken. And this is finally the thing. So I, I realized I was like, I'd found a new purpose that I didn't know I needed. I thought just stepping into the job would be it, but I really had to get into the people. And, and honestly, since I was in Puerto Rico when Maria hit, like kind of go through a little bit of trauma and recovery. Uh, uh, and it really just became this thing where I built this to help other vets. I ended up helping myself. 
And in that process, created a platform that really does help because if you have a group of people that's all working towards the same goal, you all have a similar, a similar shared background and some shared trauma. It, it just creates an amazing place for you to just say, hey, I'm a piece of something that's bigger than me. And now I can pick up and continue to serve and continue to move forward. And that is an incredible part, uh, incredibly important part of transitioning from the military. And I, I completely under underestimated how important that was going to be when I left. Uh, and, and I couldn't be more thankful for the opportunity that John has given me and other vets by, by helping me uh, by building the Clean Water Corps. Yeah, well, it, it just sounds like such an incredible, just the, the wins that are found on all sides for so many. Um, you know, so I would imagine that having previous exposure to other cultures while mm -hmm. serving in the military, veterans must have an incredible advantage in this line of work. Oh, yeah. um, is working with different cultures and communities a skill that is second nature to the veterans that are in your program? Oh, absolutely. And so when we look at who we bring into the core and the people that honestly, the people that kind of gravitate towards it, it is exactly that, like, especially from those like quite a few have come from the special operations community, which is nested in being able to integrate work with cultures from all over the world. Like that is the baseline of army special operations. Like I need to be able to go to a village and integrate in with whoever I need to in that village to work by with and through them. So that's the baseline. But if you look at what the military has been asked to do for the past 20 years, it's not the, the standard conventional mission. I, even as a regular infantry platoon leader, I was managing relationships between tribes, tribal sheikhs in Iraq. So it's like you just have learned to work in between cultures and navigate that and communicate and really understand how to just look at I, the way I've always looked at it and the way I think the military does a very good job of, of training it is at the baseline, you're a human being. It doesn't matter where you grew up. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your tribal affiliation, your religion, anything. We're all human beings and we have kind of that same Maslow's hierarchy, right? Mm -hmm. uh, except maybe here, Wi-Fi is in cellular service, kind of the top of ours and some other areas that might be a little lower down. Mm -hmm. But it really comes down to is veterans have been exposed to different cultures in an amazing amount of circumstances at a very young age. I mean, you'd be amazed when an 18 year old soldier is asked to manage and how professional he's asked to to behave in a very complex environment and you just learn to do it well and so the skill sets of veterans especially through the global war on terror uh, and everything that's that's now post that is really one that just fits so well with being able to move to any environment on the planet build a relationship with the the people on the ground and then have an impact uh, that's going to be lasting and that's i mean it's just every time i see it it makes me happy Wow, just like such a, a perfect, uh, a perfect yeah. fit. It's a great fit. It's a great um, fit. You know, to date, the Clean Water Corps has launched 28 programs, 18 countries. The program has had so many wins. Yep. That said, Rob, for you personally, what has been your biggest win with the program? <sighs> Puerto Rico, Hurricane Maria. My hands down um, that and that is the personal win for me, the impact we were able to have. But I think, as I mentioned earlier, the impact it had on me personally, um, I found myself I mean, on my 36th birthday. I found myself sitting in a hotel with guys I'd met three days earlier, you know, watching watching cars get blown down the street, watching the world end outside, naming the, the ceiling fans that were outside of the building that were flying away in the wind and just 
the next three days we spent like, all right, hey, how do we survive? Like, let's find a place for you and your family. Let's let's do this. Hey, let's fly over to the Virgin Islands to continue the work we were doing there. Hey, let's come back. Let's move out to the West. But in that being in that process and being so embedded in it from the beginning, not just showing up after the event, but actually being there from the beginning, the, the team that I worked with over there have become second family to me and my family. They're the most incredible people I've ever known. Uh, and then just the ability months later to run into people that would have our sticker on the back of their car and be out surfing in the lineup. And they'd be like, you guys are waves for water. Like you saved my life. And it was just, it was such an incredible personal experience for me. Um, and, and Caitlin Rowe, our, our global operations director during the, at the time, she's like, this is the first thing when you came in that you just, you were able to own and go forward. And it became really, and, and she's right, it was the first disaster piece that I owned and managed. It was, so that made it very important. The personal aspect of it and the impact it had on me and my life was, I mean, for lack of a better term, like life-changing. Uh, and the people and relationships that I made from that is just, that is the most, that, that changed my life. And it, it's been the, the best experience I've had in the Clean Water Corps for me personally. Uh, watching other veterans have the same experience for some of my crew in Mozambique and Costa Rica and Mongolia, um, those things like really way, like I, I, every day makes me just incredibly happy for this opportunity. But personally, it had to have been the Hurricane Maria response. Wow. Wow. And, and to your point, you know, the fact that you were there when it happened, that you weren't just coming in after, but you were actually experiencing that trauma with yeah. them. Um, I can only imagine how that must have just amplified everything, that everything. whole experience. Everything. Um, wow. Um, one more question for you today. <laughs> for those like yourself, who have dedicated their lives to the service of others. When it seems that the task is way too hard and the mission seems nearly impossible, mm -hmm. what advice would you have to share? Honestly, I this is funny, but I always go back to a small saying that I learned in high school Spanish. And it was it was a way to just like break apart. It was poco a poco se va lejos, which means little by little one goes far. So if you try to approach a problem and especially like a large complex problem in the way of like, I'm going to solve this. It's just so overwhelming. You won't even know where to begin. But if you can take a look at a system and something that's important to you and just realize like, okay, what small piece of this can I start to bite off? Like, how can I begin to make a difference? Then you can find a starting point. You can find people with similar interests and groups that are finding the same line. You can step in and you can start to make a difference. And once you do that, then it just grows from there. So, I mean, I think the exact example, and, and John and I have this conversation all the time, like there is such a huge problem in the global water crisis. Like access to clean water is so important and is so challenging that there will never be enough organizations trying to tackle it. And so we try to do our part and work and focus on those kind of austere remote environments, conflict zones, the places that most organizations can't or won't go to. Uh, and we just find our piece and, and try to bite it off from there. So I'd, I'd recommend anyone trying to get involved, do the same thing. Find what you're passionate about. Find a way to just take a piece of that problem, make an impact. And that may just be, you know, donating to a small organization or going or giving them a phone call, being like, hey, how can I help? Is there a place for me? And just going from there. Oh, well, that's great advice. And I can see how that can be applied 
in all kinds of different ways, like even for just your personal life. Okay, Absolutely. this seems like a hard problem, just one little step at a time. So. Yeah, completely. Thank you so much for taking this time, for sharing your story, Rob, for helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to chat with you today. Thank you so much. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.